What's up guys, it's the Disgruntled Sailor here. Just want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Rowdy Sailors. It's a lifestyle brand for the Rowdy Sailor and all of us. It's a brand new startup clothing line uh, that's active duty owned and operated by a local Coast Guardsman. Make sure you head over to his Instagram page. His Instagram handle is at Rowdy underscore Sailors. Send him a DM, tell him the Disgruntled Sailor sent you, and he'll hook you up with his new t-shirts. They are fucking dope. They have, uh, it's a kick-ass fucking skull on the back. And you get to support a small business that's ran by one of your own. Make sure you head over to his Instagram page and check out the new Rowdy Sailors clothing brand. The views expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member nor the view of the United States Coast Guard. Furthermore, the podcast does not have any association with nor endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch motherfucker. What's up, you motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast. I think we're on 55. episode 55. 54? 50, 55. 55, yeah, 55. Yeah, 55. It was in the email I sent you. Yeah, I, and I also made it the <laughs> the title of this recording session, <laughs> and I still fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. So, be gentle on me today, because I'm going to take a stab at editing this episode. So... <laughs> don't don't be rude for no reason. I'm not a technological guy, so like, go easy on me. <laughs> it's gonna be nice uh, just to talk and not have to do anything after this. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I'm gonna edit this one. Trying to take on a little bit more responsibility because I'm tired of waiting on you sometimes, and you seem to make it sound like it's like delivering a baby, but. I'm just going to go for it and see. I mean, it saves it. So worst case scenario, you just do it yourself anyway. Yeah. So, all right. This is going to be like uh, not a random episode. There is a topic, but, um, you know, we do have a lot of small things to cover. So you ready? Uh, hold on one second. Are you fucking serious? Okay. It's working. I, I, I just, I think it's weird because... It says it's recording two streams of audio, but I think I'm in the wrong app. I think I'm in Safari and not Google Chrome. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm going to just stop it and then we'll redo it just to make sure. (laughs) 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 Okay, so we're just going to keep talking. No, no. Okay, fine. I'm back. I'm back. You're back. Yep, you fucking dickhead. I I literally just said... Could you please go easy on me? And now I have already two separate audio files. So f- you're you're fucking four. welcome. Fuck you. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. Yeah, welcome to the shit show. So first, um, you got us into another competition kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we're in a competition. I'd say it's uh, it, it involves some other people. So it involves so the backstory. Everybody knows we're sponsored by Oak and Iron, the coffee company. And I had another Coast Guard-affiliated coffee company 
messaged me and says, hey, if you want to try some badass fucking coffee, let me know. And then immediately after he said that, I mean, like five seconds later, he said, disregard, I just realized you have your own fucking coffee. And I go, well, it's not my own brand of coffee, but Oak and Iron is one of our official sponsors. So I'm going to have to like respectfully decline. And uh, so I, like I screenshotted the, it. Is that like the no, I have a boyfriend and no, sorry, I have a boyfriend? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, just to be funny, I screenshotted it to Oak and Iron and I was like, you're lucky we're loyal or some dumbass shit like that. Yeah. And uh, he was like, it would be fun to do like an official taste test. And I was like. So, so you want me to slide in their DMs? <laughs> he was like, yeah. So I messaged him, and uh, the coffee company is at Staunch, is Staunch Coffee Company. And uh, they just reopened their store, by the way, I think yesterday. But uh, the... When I hear Staunch, all I think of is Rick and Morty. And like that little <laughs> cat thing that, you know, I don't even know if it's the same word, but it sounds the same. It's Rick and so, Morty themed coffee. Yeah, right. So... They're sending us a bag out of coffee. And then Oak and Iron goes, you know what? It'd be nice if we could just get the trifecta of all the Coast Guard coffee companies that we know about and get Humble Beginnings in on it as well. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Humble. And so they're all in. They're all going to do uh, – they're all going to send us a bag of coffee, and then we're going to do like a blind test, test, taste test. Fuck, I can't speak today. You can't uh, taste it though, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to taste it since I already know what two of the three coffees taste like. Uh, I'm going to have other people taste it and rate it in specific categories um, so we can get an accurate representation. Yeah, it'll be like, you know, it's going to be black, obviously. No shit in it. Uh, You know, it'll be aroma. It'll be, you know, um, flavor, like bitterness, saltiness, you know. um, We're probably just going to Google, like, what a coffee tastes look for, and then we'll just pick a couple categories. Yeah, my brother actually gave me a category last night when I was talking to him about it, and he said packaging. He goes, because you... You recognize stuff and you have an idea of what it tastes like by the way it's packaged, yeah. like in your mind. And I was like, that's a good one. I, sh- I should mm-hmm. add packaging in there as a category. Yeah, my brother brought up packaging for Oak and Iron because he likes the zip top and not the roll up top, you know, and it matters. Yeah. But so that's what we're going to do. Uh, when are you going to do that? You doing it soon? Uh, so the official. I think we'll do the taste test before we actually release it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're going to release the actual results on Coast Guard Day. Yeah, I don't I get to participate because the... I'm not anywhere near you, so I don't get to participate. So that's fun for me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, so we'll release the results on, on Coast Guard Day since that's mm-hmm. what all the different companies agreed to. Yeah. But I think it'll be good. Spread some, spread some brand awareness and stuff. Get yeah. people to know about things they didn't know about before. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Oak and Iron, I got – remember he sent us that picture the other day. He was like, what's wrong with this picture? And you yeah. corrected his grammar, and I actually knew the answer. So yeah. he's like, all right, stickers are inbound. He sent me like 20 fucking stickers. Um, and oh, wow. I'm, yeah, I'm glad he did because um, I'm going to give – I got some of those stickers set aside for Jimothy, but I wanted them for myself. But since I'm a nice fucking guy, I'm going to give him the gym. And I was just going to get him up later. He's like, hey, I want some more of these ones. And he actually sent me the ones that I wanted, so – I'm going to give uh, probably 10 or 12 of them away and then, you know, spread the spread Are you going to give them away? Give them away through your new Instagram page? I might, actually. I might. That'd be a good, good I idea. Might. I G- might. Gain you some followers. Dude, I'm already <laughs> up to like 110 and it's only been a couple of days. I'm worried I'm going to have to put my ass on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but. Well, I think it's. They have until tomorrow, right? No, until until no. tonight at midnight. 
No, it, because you haven't even released that episode yet. It releases tomorrow. Yeah. It's till next Friday, remember? Oh, till the next one. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're remember right, remember right. in last episode I had to pull up a calendar to like you're like, that's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um other thing we got, um, so I got some more stuff from the Charles David Jr. Um I sent you a picture of it and I I posted it on my Instagram. Um not my Instagram, but the Mr. Miami Instagram. But first of all, um the uh the stickers that I that they gave me are like so first of all they're vinyl stickers so they're good stickers but second of all they're like embossed like they're raised like uh, with like like you know when you go to get a notary and they um like em- stop yelling and like like emboss it like sorry <laughs> did you hear him say that yeah um it's like when well, like you have raised lettering like on an official official like super important letterhead that like the the seal or the emblem of the like the ship is actually raised uh and it's pretty cool it's textured shiny and then we got two coins like obviously one for me one for you and so the guy that made these actually paid for them out of his own pocket for just the engineering department so like these aren't shit oh, coins rad. yeah he bought these like i'm gonna make a fucking coin and i'm gonna give it to only the engineers um so it's it's a bigger coin it's hefty it says coast guard cutter charles david jr and it's got wpb uh 1107 and it's got a bottle opener cut into the center of it, right? Um, and then on the back, so like I Googled what it meant. It says, I'm probably going to fuck this up. El Orgula de Cayo Hueso. Is that uh, Spanish? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's not English. Um, <laughs> I don't know but... if you're trying to read like fucking Italian or something. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if shit, it might be Italian. Maybe that's why I had a hard time fucking google translating the uh the old googles um but it's supposed to say i forget what it actually means it's it's like something of the bay or something of the k or because it didn't make any sense ask him well because i forgot to because he told me he's like yeah he's like i got some coins for you but there's a special saying on the back that like it's an inside joke with like engineering or on the ship and it's I, i think it has something to do with like migrants and like like key west or something i don't know there's something fucky going on, and I haven't gotten the full story yet, but I'm working on it. I was about to say, like, how can you not ask him what it means? Because he told me, like, like February, hey, I got some cool coins for you. And I was like, dope. And then a couple months went by, and then I finally got the coins, and he's like, here you go, man. It was kind of short interaction, but... Um, uh, Why don't yeah. you screenshot it to glasses and get glasses to translate it? I should do that. I should just do that. Well, even if... I know what it means. I, I know what it means, like the translation, like literal translation, but it doesn't make sense. So, like, I think it's like, like they made up, like, we like wouldn't have it any other way, like, or something like that. It's, it's like an inside thing that, like, okay, well, it means like the rock of the K or something like that. And it doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense to me. It doesn't, you know, I think it, mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. Cause you're not, you, you don't know the inside jokes. So I don't know the inside sense. joke. So it doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, but they're really cool. And then he also included, because Jimmy T's like, yeah, Mr. Miami really likes stickers. So he just gave me another one. And it's got this lightning bolt dude, like stick figure guy, holding his shiv, talking to this little boy. It says, remember, kids, electricity will kill you. And I thought that was fucking cool. Oh, that was an actual sticker? I yeah, that was, was a sticker. A of like some random shit you saw and sent me. <laughs> no, he gave me, he's like, <laughs> Jimmy T said you might think this sticker's cool. I was like, yeah, dude, I fucking like that shit. So 
those are up um, next. So but trying to keep in contact with uh, Q and the other bridge brother. What did we even call him? Do we have you just been Who? calling him the other bridge brother, not Q, the other one? You know, I I don't remember. I remember we gave them all names in the Academy grads and hot tubs episode, but I don't remember what we called them. Yeah, I don't remember either. I know we called like Q, like Jersey or something like that. I don't fucking remember. I just call him Q because, you know. Keep it down, please. Um. Anyway, so I've been trying to keep a hold, of, keep in touch with both of them. One of them's about to take their first command of a ship, which is fucking rad. I'm pretty excited for that. And then the other one is at a pretty cool unit right now, and he just got his first drug bust as a boarding officer, as a like a team lead. So like, That's I cool. I remember like. Turn your fucking phone up, dude. That's disrespectful. Uh-huh. Is yours off? It's on vibrate. <laughs> uh, I I just it's it was I was talking to somebody the other day, I think it might have been Jimothy, about like, you know, officers in general, you know, and like issues I'm having right now and issues I've had in the past and issues he's having with himself. And, you know, uh, I guess they just transitioned to um to a bosun co instead of a like a academy grad co like an lt so or oh four whatever so he's having a good time there but um you know it came up because like um you know he texted me like, i got, got my first drug bust as a boarding officer as the team lead i was like dude that's dope and like you know i was like gotta get together get the story out and uh but it was cool like i, I didn't say this to q um i don't even know if he listens anymore but talking to jimothy like it's cool to see like you know you have good officers and bad officers and just like you have you know good petty officers bad petty officers good night rates shitty non-rates and it's cool to see someone that's like red that like looks you in the eye like i remember going down walking past the penalty box and he's like got his head down like he's like i'm ready to i'm paying back my college tuition i'm getting the fuck out fuck this you know and then you know not like tooting my own horn but like you know got him bo got him pursuit Use him as my translator. Got him on a couple drug busts. You know, got to get him out and do the shit and like do the king's business and kind of relit the like the no man. It's gonna get better. And then you know we get a new ops boss in. We get a new CO in, and you know he starts to see like maybe I can do this. And then I remember sitting there waiting for him to get his orders. And he's like, I don't know where I'm gonna go. He's like, I'm gonna get some dickheaded job. Gets his number one pick. You know, got a recommendation from the CO. And to go from an ensign who's like ready to cry and quit. To like being a team lead at this fucking dope ass unit and being fucking in charge of you know some fucking pipe hitters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and being like super successful. Yes, like, it's yes. it's nice to see the come up. Yeah, I literally did that. I li- it was literally me. Like, <laughs> 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 no, but it, it what you know I know I had an impact on him just because you know how we converse, but you know um, it's nice to see that like there are still some just like Jimothy, like there are still some E6s that want to be E7s. And there's still some E7s like RC Cola, not E7, sorry, E8s that are still like, I think I want to do command like uh gold badge and, you know, cynical and as dickheadish as we are. It's nice to see like, you know, it go from the worst experience you've ever had to, I'm glad I stuck it out. Cause now I'm doing fucking shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was talking to him and, uh, so both bridge brothers are going to be in the same location in like the next couple months. I know it's going to be wild. Yeah, so the Bridge Brothers are getting back together. They get the band back together, and uh, I, I, he's like, "We got to get on and do an episode again." I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Anytime!" Like you two, and then us two, we'll fucking do it. It's gonna be great. 
for sure. But so he got his first drug bust. I'm very, very proud of him. Like he was with us when we got to go, got to go fast. You know, we literally picked drugs up out of the ocean. You know, he, he's done it before, but he was just a BTM, you know, not just a BTM, but um, he was only a qualified BTM at that point. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to get, like, it took me fucking, well, like 13, 14 years to get my first drug bust. Like I've gotten simple possessions and BUIs, which were, you know, cool, but like your first drug bust as the dude in charge, the dude with the sauce is fucking an amazing feat. You know, like it's so much has to go into that end fucking result. And it's just really cool that he got his in like three years, you know? Yeah, for sure. Congrats, buddy. I already told you congrats. I'm not saying it again. Uh, <laughs> everybody gets one. Tell them, Spider-Man. Um, so um, next, talk about some thievery. Yeah, fuck those bitches. I'm already mad yeah, about it. I'm fucking livid. <laughs> so I'm sitting at work, and I get an email from Ratsnitch, which I don't get a lot of emails from Ratsnitch. I'm not calling you a chief ever. Uh, I don't care if you become Mick Pog. I'm not calling you that. You're going to be rat snitch forever. Um, but he sends us an email. Well, he sent it to me. I don't remember if he sent it to you. He's like, I yeah, no, you forwarded it to me. Yeah, he's like, this is bullshit. That was my idea. I want credit. They stole it. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I click on the link and those shifty fucking bird scrubbers, duck scrubbers on the polar star started a goddamn garden in their hangar. Yeah, they started a hydroponics garden, which is bullshit. a little different than what we did. But I feel like us putting it out there to the public through the podcast that we had a fucking herb garden in our birthing started the whole fucking train and they didn't give us fucking credit at all. Yeah. That's horse shit. It was on the fucking, like when you open like your internet browser, it showed it like right there. Like polar C is innovative and meh, 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 meh. and it was probably some MSTs yeah. and some fucking JOs. Like let's start a guard. We'll be so hip and trendy. Get fucked nerd. That was, that was our shit. We did that. Yeah. You know? So, First of all, if any of you people on the Polar Star listen and you did take that idea from us, we want some fucking coins. Yeah. Give us coins and give us a post note that says this was your idea and then we'll we'll I'm not gonna recant what I said, but I'll I'll say thank you. Yeah, because you know? we did that shit like a couple years ago now. Yeah. Like Yeah. When did we do it? Twenty 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 or yeah, 2020, I think. It's like I saw something the other day. I, I may have said it before. It was like somebody was like – it was a post online. It was like, you know what? When you go to your Facebook or your Instagram, you should be able to play your favorite songs so people know what you like. And then someone underneath that's like, that's MySpace. Welcome. We've come full circle, dickhead. Like that's literally yeah. MySpace. And I was like, that's it. Like, you know, someone's like, we should do gardens underway. And we're like, well, the Scrubble Sailor Miss Miami already did that. You're behind, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's it's a, it's a big to do. Like I saw the setup. It's it's big ish. I mean, it's, it's pretty. Than ours. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's way it's it's way bigger than ours. Uh, but still, I feel we we pioneered the idea. They probably yeah. They copied. probably they probably did a memo and they used Coast Guard funds to buy it and they probably have some dickhead that doesn't stand watch who goes and checks it every day. We did that shit gangster style. Just yeah. It ours was even approved. Uh, when the when the corpsman on board did his ship service sanitation mm-hmm. inspection by the Navy, even the Navy signed off on it and was yep. like, that's fucking rad. Yep. Yeah. So just we're just innovators, dog. That's all we are. Just innovators. <laughs> um, next. So since I've started the um, the podcast or not the podcast, 
the Mr. Miami page. I've gotten some weird followers. And one of them is a page called fuck. Uh how the fuck do I look at their goddamn thingy? Coast Guard you type in their name and you go to their page. No, I already pulled it up, but it was I was in a weird spot. Coast Guard Yeoman memes. And they only have forty followers and like ten posts, but like they immediately like started just giving me shit. Like, you know, uh I saw it and they followed they followed me and then I tagged on one of the like one of their one of their posts was like when someone comes to you for help and I was like must be fucking nice to like be in a customer service rate and not have to deal with customers. Then Coast Guard memes is like, Yeah, get fucked, you know? And uh and then I remember I showed you the screenshot. I just said you came to the wrong page, dog. Um and he's like he's like, How how'd you come up with Mr. Miami? And I, you know, I explained it to him. And I was like, Do have you not listened to the podcast? They're like, No. It's like so you just followed some random dickhead? And I was like, well, go back, start at number one. And they're like, this period is period amazing. And then yeah. did I send you the picture that they made of what our what they thought our garden looked like? No. Hold on. I'm going to send it to you real fucking quick. All right. Let uh, me know when you get it. So I I will. I also messaged them because you sent me the screenshot of their page. And I was like, got to check this out. And I said, well, 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 look who joined the meme game. And then they responded and said, the podcast is so amazing. And I go, well, good thing you got your own meme page now, and it's not the member's responsibility anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Did that picture come through? Not yet. So. Did you text it to me? No, I sent it to you on on Instagram. Oh, okay. Did it not come through? I got it. So. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, is that a Baconator? (laughs) No, I I, I, I don't know. Is it? I didn't even look. It looks oh, like yeah, it's it a is. baconator sitting on top of a pile of ham. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that's the garden. Like, it's supposed to be a weed garden. And then there's a bunch of coasties standing around. One's got, like, the Lego Batman head, and then there's a baconator in the middle. And it's, like, in birthing. Um, what do you need? Uh, on the computer computer? Oh, uh, you're going to have to wait until I'm done, then. All right. Sorry, I was interrupted. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. So I got interrupted. Uh, yeah, so I guess they just they went back to number one and like started listening. I was like, yeah, you got you to gotta step those numbers up, dog. And then me and Coast Guard Memes has just been berating this Instagram page. It only has like 40 followers. <laughs> just like everything. Just, you know, having full conversations. In their their you know in their comments just like you know get fucked and fuck you and you know it's it's just funny you know yeah welcome to the club dickheads welcome to the club you know get fucked um next so did you see the um my story like the first story that Mr Miami Page posted you had to help me with it <laughs> I I I did see it but what was it about. <laughs> So Barstool posted, I guess they're sponsored by like Dude Wipes or something. And it was like, where's the craziest place you've ever taken a shit? And I was oh, like, oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Wait, Barstool is sponsored by Dude Wipes? I, it said, I think like, the screenshot was like Dude Wipes. And then it was like, where's the craziest place you've ever shit? And I was like, well, I shit off the back of a Costa Rican drug boat with my gun belt around my legs with a bunch of detainees on board and drugs. <laughs> Bro, I, was, I, was, I was dying. I was, I was really hoping they were going to see it. 
and like DM me back and be like, we need to know more. What's going on? And I, I, it never happened. I kept checking, but it got up to like, I think I commented it when it was like 700 comments. And then now it's up yeah. to like 3000. They're never going to fucking see it. Well, well, they also might not know who you are either. Like they might not know the Instagram page. Like they know my Instagram page because we were involved in like that. Um, CG memes did that Coast Guard me more. And we were all in a big group chat about it. Barstool was? Yeah, Barstool Coast Guard. Oh, I, it wasn't Barstool Coast Guard. It was actual Barstool oh, Sports. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It was that the original out. Barstool page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I doubt they see it then. <laughs> yeah, the, the Coast Guard Barstool, I doubt, has 4,000 comments <laughs> on one of their posts. Um, But, yeah. I was hoping they'd they'd see it and say something, but didn't happen. Um, So, I was listening to... Okay. Um, did I ever tell you the time that I went to the Christmas story house? No. So I was listening to Steve Renella's podcast. <clears throat> you know, I don't just exclusively listen to our podcast, but, um, he was talking about the Christmas story house and my son was in the car and he's like, what's the Christmas story house. And like, I had to explain to him, like he's seen it. He's like, I'm like the red rider movie. He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you know, me and your grandfather broke in there one time. He's like, what? I was like, <laughs> so uh, the, the it was actually filmed in Cleveland, Ohio, right? And uh, it was just, they just picked a fucking random house on the street. They're like, this one will do. And uh, over the years, it, it went through like different people owned it. <clears throat> and then it actually got bought out by someone that like loves the Christmas story and turned into a fucking museum. And we, me and my stepdad were taken, we took my brother to a, uh, like a, a college, like a college level, like junior Olympian, like wrestling competition or something. I don't know. And there, there was like a couple hours to kill. He's like, you want to drive around and do some shit? And I was like, okay. We went and got some food and had like a beer or something. This is like high school. Like I'm like 16 or 17. And he's like, the Christmas story house is over here. I was like, okay. He's like, let's go see it. He loves Christmas movies. Like what's the one, like the black and white one that everybody fucking likes. Like the miracle on 34th street or some shit. Oh, okay, or, okay. like he loves that movie and uh, he's like let's go and i'm like okay so like we drove up and like yep that looks like it there's the fucking leg leg lamp in the window and everything and like we walk up and there's like this picket fence he's like oh the fence is stuck and like he just like Bruh! and like the fence opened so <laughs> the <laughs> fence is stuck here i got these bolt cutters in the car <laughs> you, you, you gotta like remember like my stepdad will just like call you like on a on like a Wednesday. He's like, "Hey, I found a good spaghetti spot. You want to go?" And like you're like, "Okay." And it's like a two and a half hour drive because he found this spaghetti spot. Or like, <laughs> that's, okay. that's so random. Like, dude, yeah, I, I got the spaghetti spot. I swear to God, we were going somewhere, and he's like, "I know a shortcut." And it, my mom was with us. I think it was not a shortcut. It was like two hours out of our way because this place had good fucking spaghetti. And we oh, went Jesus out. <laughs> we went out of our way to get spaghetti. You're like, he'll call me like, "Hey, you want to meet in Tennessee and go fishing?" I was like, "That's like twelve hours." He's like, "Do you want to meet me or not?" I like, I mean, yeah, kind of. I'm on my way. So like, we get up there and like, he like oh, tries to open the door and it's like, it's not opening. And uh, he's like, "Oh, maybe it's stuck like the fence," and kind of like bumps it and it opens. And uh, he walks. He's like, "Oh, we're in," and he opens it and like, 
there's like a counter there and like he leaves the door because I'm behind him. I walk past him and I look at the thing and I go, it's closed, man. It closed like three hours ago. He's like, damn, that's crazy. Look at this. And like walks into the living room. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he's like, oh, look, it's cool. This is where he sat. Like there's a fireplace. Oh, look, there's the stairs where he comes down in the bunny suit. And like, you know, he's wandering around and I was like, we should probably get out of here. He's like, why? I was yeah, like, you're all nervous the whole time. Yeah, I'm like all nervous because you know I, I did the ferious shit back in the day, so I, you know, was very paranoid all the time. And uh, he's like, let's go down and see if the boiler's actually there. I was like, I'm not going in the basement of a house in Cleveland that we just broke into. This is breaking and entering. He's like, all right, and he called me a pussy, and we left. But yeah, it was just anytime someone brings it to Christmas, I'd be like, hey, you know, me and my stepdad broke into that when it was closed, and people that don't know who me or my stepdad are. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Like, I believe that. And then people that know us go, yeah, I believe that shit all day. Like, I bet that. Yeah, like, sure. Like, yeah, my stepdad broke into the Christmas story house. Yeah, that checks out. You know, it's like when people say, like, yeah, I'm not allowed back in Steak and Shake. Why? That's a long story. He wouldn't fucking get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have permission to tell that story. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't have permission to tell that story. Uh, but, yeah, let's see. Um, all right. You want to get into um, what does your shirt say? You see it? I can kind of see it. I just it says blockers, blokers meat market, and it's got a picture of a butcher shop on the back. I like my meats. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I like meats. I like in the meat sweats. (laughs) Um, If you haven't, or you're going anywhere near Pennsylvania. Go to Blokers and out to Pennsylvania. Change your fucking life. Swear to God. Um, you want to get into the topic? Yeah, sure. All right, we're gonna talk about non-rates today. Like we're gonna do a deep dive. Not a deep dive, but a mediocre. Are you drinking a Coke? I am. Yeah. Why aren't you drinking beer? Well, I was eating breakfast at the time that this started, so I wasn't drinking beer yet. You're such a fucking loser. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're going to go over quality and non-rates. We're not going to do a deep dive, but we're going to talk some shit and give some pointers. Mostly shit. So did you want to start, or do you want me to just keep talking? No, go ahead. I'll just right. chime in. First of all, boot to A people can lick my dirty butthole. Um, Like Jim said. I think we should preface this with, I I personally don't think the Coast Guard would be able to run without non-rates. Correct. But but the quality of non-rates has diminished over the years. Can't confirm. I don't know if it's – I was thinking about this yesterday when you told me about it. I don't know if it's that, like, like I'm older now and, like, I do old people things. Like, I complain about Burger King's chicken nuggets being a dollar because they're – you know, they're, they can make them a dollar because they're not the same thickness they used to be. You know, like, am I an old person complaining about young people? Or have they gotten worse? You know, like, because I, I, I remember. I, I feel like it's a mixture of both. I think it, number one, it has to do with, like, your upbringing, number one. Number two, it has to do with what you expect out of the Coast Guard. So, like, if you are, like, a Chad or a Brad or one of those guys that, like, lived in a really nice suburban house and, like, drove a nice car that your parents bought and never had to pay a fucking bill, you're a shitty non-rate right now. I can tell you that. If... You didn't have a dope ass upbringing, you know, and you didn't always have everything handed to you and you never had really money to to like deal with. I think that make I think you're a better non-rate. 
the non-rates that I know of that were good non-rates, you know, weren't always from the best backgrounds. They didn't always have like, yep, both my parents are married. I don't know what you guys are complaining about, you know, um, you know, you know what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, so like if you, if you're in high school, you know, I, I've had a job, like an actual job, not like a dickheaded job, like restaurants. I work in the back of trash trucks and like car washes since I was like 12. So I sold flowers, Christmas trees, I've always had a job, you know, um, insurance, shit like that, your own phone, shit like that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I was a better non-rate for like not being exposed to like, I've never had a, I like the car I bought, I just bought is the newest car I've ever had in my entire life by about 12 years, you know? Like it's yeah. this. This is the I finally I'm third. I'm gonna be thirty five. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember, but I've just now gotten to a nice car. And you got these kids. Like, there's a fucking non rate that drives a Tesla where I I'm stationed. Like, get the yeah, fuck same, out man. of here. Like, like the car that I had or the truck I had when me and you were on the ship together was the truck I bought right after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And like, so like the the truck that I have now is like it's not brand new, but it's new to me. And it's yeah. like I see all these kids driving like brand new mustangs or brand brand new whatever and i'm like get out of here yeah i'll take a beer since you're up though um so i think that has a lot to preface it with like the good non-rates that i think of i think of you know glasses uh i think of black enough i think of i think dirty sturdy is probably the only exception to this specific role um you know um who are some of the other good ones uh gary what do you mean what do you mean by that dirty sturdy is the exception well, because both of his parents are still married, you know, uh, he had the option to go to college. Um, you know, it, his parents are both extremely supportive. His sister's extremely supportive. She went to college. She's teaching now. So, like, I think I, I don't know his specific upbringing, but like um, what I'm saying is usually when you're given not that Sturdy was given everything. But what I'm saying is like people that have a, a rougher childhood, a not as illustrious childhood tend to be better non rates because they don't walk around with like. A sense of entitlement, I guess. Yeah. Uh, nothing like like that. Like that one guy that you represented at a mast and yes. got him off. Yes. Like, like, I walk around like my farts don't fucking stink. Like I'm the bee's knees. But I, but ninety nine percent of the time, I'm fucking kidding. You know, I. If you guys could see what I actually look like and how I physically move, you'd be like, yeah, Mister Miami's so full of shit. He is not the epitome of the Coast Guard. Like. Um, I remember when I first met you, I was like, me and this motherfucker are not going to get along. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not going to fucking happen. Yeah. I was like, we're going to go at each other so fucking hard. Yeah. And um, I just think the people that come into the Coast Guard with certain expectations of everything's always been handled for me. And like, you can't talk to me like that. Yes, I fucking can. Watch me. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. Ready? Um. So then that like the boot to a like can we can we secure that just a little or go in a room with the door shut um not that I think everyone should be you know bullied or you know fucking like talked down to but like I think everyone you know like first of all I think everyone should be in a fist fight at least once or twice in their life number one so you can learn a bit about sure so you can learn a little bit about yourself You don't stop crying. I'm gonna give you something to cry about. Um, what are they, what are they crying over? She bought the wrong stick on nails at the fucking dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's fucking ridiculous. Uh. Um, so like, fuck, I forget where it was. Yeah, you should get in a fight, and like, I think you should have like, I think you should have a medial job for a little bit. Like, yes, I'm well aware, and here it comes. I didn't mess cook as a non-rate, and I'm still not fucking sorry. But what a piece of shit. I still clean bathrooms. Um, you know, I still mopped. I swabbed every day. I did trash. You know, I clean GVs. You know, I still fucking suckle at the teat of an E7. You know, like, you should have some shitty times so that, like, you can look back and, like, because if you were never a, a, a non-rate, right, number one, like Jimothy says, I think you miss a big piece of career development or character yeah. development. That was a good way of fucking <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, I you love that. You guys are fucking dickheads. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it should put it in perspective. So, like, if you've never been in that, you know, I was always told, don't ever give someone a job or tasking that you wouldn't do yourself or haven't done in the past. And yep. if you don't have that perspective, like I've met a lot of boot to A and then they go to A school and then their rate's critical. So now all of a sudden they're a fucking second and they're making E5 decisions, you know, uh, E5. Yeah, and you don't know what it's like out yeah, there in the yeah. fucking trenches doing that shit. And yes. you're just telling people to do it and suck it up. Yep. I think you should definitely like get your shit pushed in a little for like a year or two, you know? Um, it other than aside from character development, like you just everyone should take a fucking turn, you know. Like, yes, I yeah. did not mess cook for the two years I was a non rate, but for the other 13, 14 years I've been in, I've had nothing but my shit pushed in, so I feel like I've made up for it, you know. Um, so like I think it kind of evened out, and I'm not saying I was a dope ass third or an even good second, but you know, I was a pretty good first for a while. Um, I said for a while. <laughs> um, you know, so I just think boot to A is ridiculous. And like, I know I've said it before and the logistics will be crazy, but you should go to an operational unit, like a ship first. Yeah. Um, I think it should be mandatory that like 90% of non-rates go to ships first. So let's, let's put my non-rate experience up against either yours or like the non-rates we had on our last ship. I got to work at like eight after going to Wawa. Uh, we met up in the shop and we talked about what we were going to do that day. And since there was like seven non rates in there, cause they were all fuck ups and retards sent from other units. I was the only one that like knew what a screwdriver was. So I was in charge and you know, um, so these guys were already at the bottom of the bucket and like, all right, you, can you use a lawnmower? Yes. Are you sure? hundred percent. Okay. And then they spend three hours cutting grass and they come back and I go, did you engage the blade? I forgot to engage the blade. So you just spent three hours just running over the grass. I guess so. <laughs> no one said you had to engage the blade. I said, I asked you if you know how to use a lawnmower. Well, I've never used a zero turn lawnmower before. Okay. So you don't know then. I don't know. Okay. And then my chief's like, this is a learning experience. You don't know what people don't know. Um, and then I would take like a, so you were allowed to take an hour lunch, but if you took, if you did a sport or worked out, you got an extra 45 minutes. So I would play horseshoes. Because it was next to the smoke pit, and that was considered <laughs> a sport. Oh Jesus Christ! I so of the two non-rates names that I remember, they're both out. I wish I could; they were still in, so you could talk to them and be like, "What was your lunch like?" Well, we would eat, we would play horseshoes, so we get an extra break. And then we left at like three or two thirty. I don't remember. I didn't really do much. Um, but like most sector non-rates, like aside from like. Mowing, mowing grass and, you know, picking up fucking shit off the street and, you know, painting a door or fucking whatever. It's pretty goddamn easy 
You know, so now you take a fireman or a um, a seaman on any Whitehall, any Whitehall, you have your import qualifications. So you have your ox, you got what quarter deck, you know, if you're a fireman, you have, you know, uh, you can do throttle or that's underway. Um, you go um, underway, you got, you know, helm, you got lookout, you got, you know, forecastle, fantail, line handler, boat seaman, boat deck. You know, yeah, some um, are BMOs, some are BMOs. You got throttle, you know, you got, you know, all this fucking, all this shit. And like a lot of times these non rates are coming in and out. And the ones that are there a while because they're waiting on a school are the only qualified ones. So you get <gasps> three fucking non rates that are qualified on the entire ship, you know? Yeah. So like, I, I will tell you this the sooner, like if you're a new non rate, right, going to a ship, the sooner you hit the ground fucking running. And knocking these quals off and actually putting in an effort to like learn this shit, the easier your life will be. Like people yes. will 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 want to help you more and w- watch you succeed. Yes. It's shit in, shit out. It's whatever effort when I'm doing Ellie or guns or whatever I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing pursuit or whatever, whatever you give in to me, I'm gonna give back. If you don't give a yeah, fuck, like, I'm not gonna give a fuck. Like we all know, like you're not, you're only here buying your time until you can go to whatever school you want to go to. Mm-hmm. So like, the more apt you are and receptive you are to feedback and putting in the work to getting the quals, the the more we're prone to help you reach whatever goals you're trying to reach. How are we doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She can't hear you. I know she can't. But it would be funny if she yeah. did. So, yeah. That's get your shit together and fucking help out cuz you know like first of all, get qualified and help the guys on your ship. Second of all, if you are at any land unit, any non-afloat unit, shut your fucking mouth. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares I'll, about I'll your sector or state. Yeah. Nobody yeah, cares about your sector or your station or your MSU or whatever fucking land unit you're at. Nobody gives a shit. Shut up. You, you shouldn't have a single complaint. You know, like I remember like talking to black enough in glasses, like, you know, after the end of like a busy, like four days, like, how's it going guys? I'm like, well, I'm standing a one in three helmet lookout. I'm also a boat deck captain. Um, and I'm also launching the boat every couple hours and then I got to eat and then I need to sleep. So like, it's not going really well, you know? And then they want us to do these fucking projects during the day. It's not going great. You know, and those guys still manage to fucking do their shit, you know? And then you have sector and air station and fucking, like I was one of them, dude. I know the deal. I know the skinny, you know, I played the hand I was dealt, but don't you dare fucking complain ever to me. I will immediately tell you, shut your fucking mouth. You don't know. And then I will volunteer you for the next ship I can find because you need to, I, I don't fucking care. I've told, I've told non-rates where I'm at. I was like, you see that fucking white hall over there? I guarantee you I'll go over there. Like, hey, BM1, BM2, I got a nine right here. Wants to get helmet lookout and basic and advanced. You think you can help him? Sure. Get the fuck on. I got a rack for you and a heartbeat. They'll take you. So like before yeah. you like, you know, you need to think about where you're at and how lucky and blessed you are. If you're at land, if you're in a ship, do your best, get the fuck out of there. You know? Which brings me to my next point. Uh, waiting for A schools. Um, 
first of all, if I could go back and do it again, I would be an MST. No questions asked. Hundred percent. Yeah, me too. The the civilian certifications they can get as part of their normal qualifications are yeah. bar none some of the best in the fleet. Black enough sent me a Snapchat a couple of weeks ago, and it was him in like a pearl snap with a cowboy hat and like a handkerchief, jeans and boots. Oh, he sent me that too. And I said, <laughs> so I said, stop assimilating my culture. And he's like, it's it's Western Day at Sector. I went, God damn it, I fucking hate you guys. Like, it's <laughs> it's Western Day. We're all gonna dress up, you know? Yeah, right. MSTs, bro. So if you're on a list that has a long wait, and you quit. Because of this place sucks. Oh, I automatically, I automatically don't trust you, and I think you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, also, if you if you pick a short rate just to get off a ship, I also think you're a piece of shit. You know, it's I I assimilate being on a cutter, waiting for a school, or waiting to transfer in general as being in high school. Look, you have to do at least four years, right? Everyone does four years, whether you stay in or get out, all right? So do you want to just call it quits, go to the vocational school, or get your GED? Or do you want to wait and get your actual diploma, and then you can move on with your life? And if you answered the first two, I just want a GED, or I'm going to the tech school, you know, you're an asshole. Like, oh, I hate this ship, and I hate this command, and I hate all of you. I'm going yeoman. Okay, bye. I'm sure you're going to be just as shitty yeoman as you were shitty non-rate. You know, <laughs> so um, I think we already talked about quals, but get as many quals as you can. Like when Black Enough left, do you remember how many ribbons Black Enough had? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not exactly, but he had like way more than your average non-rate. So he had nine ribbons, including a good conduct. Right. And he was almost done with yep. crewmen. Um, it's if you're going one of those non-operational units, get those fucking cool things like. You know, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a, I'm an MST one, but I have uh, I'm crewman, helmet lookout. You know, I'm 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 operational before I was this. So like, you know, kind of like imp- like if I see you're an MST, is like, oh, tell me about your career. Oh, why was it sector? You know, uh, I don't know sector DC or you know sector Cape Cod, and then I went to you know fucking SKA school, and now I went to sector to sector to sector, and now I'm a chief. Okay, well you're obviously a piece of shit. You know. But I don't like that your laptop and your microphone aren't the same area because I feel like you're not looking at me when I'm talking. I'm not looking at you right now, but whatever. What are you doing? I have you broadcast on a TV behind my computer. Yeah, no, what are you doing that's that's like more important than what we're doing right now? I'm looking up uh, talking points for one of my topics later. You should have done that before we sat down like I did. Yeah, well, we, we can't all be super prepared. Oh, I almost just used your real name. <laughs> don't do that. I'm editing and I don't know if I can do it. Um, yeah, I I don't really have a lot for non-rates, but like, do you remember when Sturdy and Glasses were telling us a story about the non-rates asking them why I was friends with them and not any of the other non-rates. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it pretty much, they pretty, their answer was be quiet and do your job. And that's it. He'll leave you 100% alone. Like, you know, 
Like I remember seeing like I don't yeah. remember talking to just Sturdy. Show a little bit of fucking effort. Yeah, I remember like I remember when Sturdy reported. I remember when Glasses reported because I remember yelling at fucking Glasses. Why did yell at Glasses? Uh, do you remember the day he reported? No, I remember the day he got qualified though, and I yelled at him because I was the OD that day, and he was his first fucking GPAL watch, and he fucked up every pipe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we were underway, and. Glasses and that other fucking super hairy non-rate got small voted out to us. Remember that? Super hairy non-rate? Yeah, the one that I slapped in the GV. The one who said he had a bad oh, mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, I'm in E6 birthing, which is below non-rate birthing. And for the past couple of days, someone had been spraying like a whole bottle of Axe body spray. And it hurt my fucking eyes because it sank down to E6 birthing. And I warned them several times. So. Bald head, tattoos, big mustache, very large, angry man. That's me, not the non-rate. So these two non-rates get small boated out in their trops with their sea bags and their fucking sleeping bags and shit. They make it 30 yards into non-rate birthing, right? And they're standing there next to each other, and someone's giving them the tour. It was probably black enough, and I smelled fucking that goddamn Max body spray. And I stormed up, and I'm screaming. I was like, who the fuck is spraying the goddamn body spray? And I fucking just, I stopped right at, uh, I almost said his name. I stopped at the hairy kid, and I stopped at fucking glasses. I was like, was it you two motherfuckers? Did you just bring that in here? Who the fuck is doing that? And everyone, like, pointed right at fucking D1 basketball, TikTok. <laughs> and uh, I just started fucking laying at him. I was like fucking this and that i was like i don't care if you wear cologne because you fucking smell but stop bathing in it and like i'm just fucking screaming at this dude and these two non-rates are just like so wide-eyed like what the fuck is going on and <laughs> you know i remember glasses telling me he's like dude you were terrifying absolutely terrifying like you get small butted out to the ship and your first 30 seconds is some fucking overweight bald mustache guy screaming at you about <laughs> cologne he's like it was terrifying <laughs> And but we get mad about like the stupidest shit on boats too, and it's hilarious. I'm not sorry. Um, but then like I remember, you know, back to my original point, like, you know, dirty sturdy and glasses just told him, like, look, like, you know, I don't I don't remember other than like I didn't acknowledge like, oh, that's the kid with the glasses. I'm gonna keep an eye on him. That's not how it happened. I did forgot he existed. And then I didn't see him or sturdy for like three, four months, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we're qualified. I was like, Who are you? It's like I'm um, this guy and this guy. I've been here for like four or five months. And they're like, they're like, do you need anything, you know, Mr. Ramy? I was like, nope. They're like, okay. And then they left me alone for another couple months. And then like, we were out drinking and like, hey, can I get you a beer? It's like, sure. Can I get you a beer? And I was like, sure. And then we sat quietly. And then all of a sudden we were friends. Like, you know, I knew like I like if they were my watchstanders, I knew like if I told them to go do something, it would get done. I knew I wouldn't catch them doing anything dickheadish. You know, I could trust them. And, like, all they did was keep their mouth shut and do their job and get qualified. And, like, that's what impresses me. Like, just doing your job and be quiet. That's it. I don't need to hear you, like, hooping and hollering and fucking playing Spider-Man up and birthing and, you know, tell me about how you know everything about World War II tanks because you don't, you know. Like, literally, D1 basketball is like, ask me any World War II question. I guarantee you I want to know. I go, oh, I remember this day, <laughs> bro. You were so fired up. And, like, you were like, I proved him wrong here. I proved him wrong here. Yeah. Well, he goes, ask me anything about World War II. I know everything about World War II. I guarantee him I know it. What regiment was my great-grandfather in in World War II? He's like, well, I, 
well, I don't know that. I go, so you don't know everything. And then he started asking me, he's like, he asked me like 40, I asked him like eight questions. He didn't know any of them. He goes, okay, ask him about tanks. I know tanks. I was like, dude, you're, just, you're such a piece of shit. Ugh, God, that dude irks me. Oh, speaking of who the fuck are you, did I ever tell you about the time when I was getting questioned by Sejus that I asked him who the fuck they were? <laughs> what? You talking about like the not the TAD guy that we said was sieges? No. So there was an investigation on the ship, and our ship. I got yeah on our ship, and I got called into the wardroom because uh, they were going to ask me questions about this investigation, and they go, they go, hey, are you petty officer such and such? And I was like, yep. And they then they just started going at like, you know, what do you know about this? What do you know about this? What do you know about this? And I go, first of all, hold the fuck up. And I said it just like that. And both of them kind of just sat up. And I go, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> and like, I, when I tell you I said it just like that, that's exactly how I said it. And the, one of the guys goes, he started giggling. And he's like, sorry, I probably should have introduced us. <laughs> he's yeah. like, we are these people. Then they showed me their credentials. But I remember I was telling somebody that the other day. And they were like, you fucking said that to a Sieges agent? I was like, They're yeah, not superheroes. <laughs> They're regular dickheads just like we are. <laughs> Um, what investigation was that for? I don't remember what it was about. Oh, well. But anyway, just if you're a non-rate, just don't do anything ridiculous. Get qualified. Help your shipmates. Keep your mouth shut. Go to A school. Move on with your life. And that's it. Uh, stop being a piece yeah. of shit. So. But, yeah. Did you have anything else on shitty non-rates or quality of non-rates? Shitty non rates. No, shitty non rates make shitty petty officers. There. I think it's. I think it's just a sense of entitlement that gets on my nerves. Like nobody owes you fucking anything. Get in there, put in the work, and move yeah. on. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care what you did in high school. I don't give a shit. So. Doesn't impress me. Okay. Anyway. Next. Next. Ahoy, Mister Miami here. We got a new sponsor message because I was left the keys of the kingdom and could do whatever I want because Fatso's not here to tell me no. Are you tired of Black Rifle and Death Wish coffee being crammed down your fucking throat? Tired of the mess deck swill they serve to you? Want to help a fellow Coastie and help a small business in this shitty economy? Well, have I got a coffee for you. Oak and Iron Coffee has the shit you need to get you through a day and be disgruntled all day about it. They have a bunch of good blends to try from, like the Rogue Wave, which was named after me. They have really dope packaging. They have K-Cups as well as ground and whole bean coffee. They also got some pretty dope swag in their store, so check it out. Hell, even my mother drinks it. So get your ass over to Oak and Iron and buy some good coffee. All right. You you want to do the – you ready for the FRC namesakes? Yeah. Okay. So do you know what the first FRC was? I, I think I do, especially yeah. now that you sent me the yeah. uh, the email. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try to do this whole thing as with a – Boston accent, because it's Bernie Weber. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not gonna fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking do that. It's fucking wicked hard. Um, but the first, um, the first FRC is obviously the Bernard Weber. Uh, it's what the fuck's the hall number? It's like 11, 1101 or thirteen oh one or I don't fucking remember. I'm a fucking shitty coasty. The hall number zero one. You know. Um, so we're going to go over the first FRC because now that we've done Jimothy's and we've done Charlie's, we're going to do fucking, we're going to start back at one and let until we get a guest that was on an FRC. So 
this one's going to be a little different than the last two that we did because solely because this one has a movie about it uh, and this one's pretty well known. So I'm going to do a little background story and then I'm going to do some things in the movie that got right, some things in the movie that got wrong. Because while I was searching for some information because I was getting prepared for this, unlike you, piece of shit, um, <laughs> all, it's really hard to find information about this. Well, it's not really hard. I'm just lazy. Everything kept going back to the movie. So the movie was the fi- uh, fuck, the finest hours. So the finest hours is about Bernie Weber going out and saving some fucking dudes. So is your kid singing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bernie Weber um, was born in Milton, Massachusetts on May 9th, 1928. Uh, he lived until January 24th, 2009, so he was 81 years old, if I did my math right. Um, so the big story about what pretty much gave him like the hero status for the namesake was what happened when he was stationed at Station Chatham. Chatham? Chatham. I think it depends on where you are or where you're from. The Chatham? C-H-A-T-H-A-M. I know at the public school, but like that's Chatham. I'm but a, I think it's pronounced Chatham. Chatham. It's pronounced Chatham because they're wicked fucking smart up there. And that's how they pronounce their fucking <laughs> words. <laughs> Bro, I can't wait to fucking see lawyer hears this. Yeah. Um, so did you know that Bernie Weber was actually in the Merchant Marines in World War II before he joined the Coast Guard? I did not. Yeah. So uh, he was a Merchant Marine in World War II. Uh, it doesn't really wasn't really a lot of information on that, um, but he joined the Coast Guard in 1946. Um, so first, the main gist of this is there's a a giant fucking tanker off of off of Massachusetts snaps in half, and he goes out to rescue some people. All right, um, it's crazy fucking seas. I'm gonna get to, into it a little bit later, but uh, the first quote, which is actually from a book, like an a biography about him. Uh, it's called the Lifeboatman. I'm sure Jimothy has two copies of it. Um, but uh, we used to call him Bernie Weber at the station because he was always like, <laughs> "Let's go, guys! Come on!" You know. I mean, you fucking talk to him, you know. Um, yeah. So Bernie Weber said, "Quote: My God, do they really think a lifeboat its crew could actually make it that far out to sea in this storm and find the broken ship amid the blinding snow and raging seas with only a compass to guide them?" If the crew of the lifeboat didn't freeze it as first, how would they be able to get get the men off of the storm-tossed sections of the broken tanker? It's like, that's what he said. Like, you guys are fucking serious, right? This is where, like, you know, the Coast Guard saying, you know, they had you have to go out, but you don't have to come back. This is around that general time, like, you got to fucking go, but ain't nothing saying you, you, you got to come back, you know? Yeah. So that is such a quote, like, us talking to officers. Like, are you fucking <laughs> like, serious? You really want yeah, me to go out there? Like you had some swear words in there, like, like instead of my guy be like, "Holy fuck, do you really think I can go out in a life brew with this fucking crew and do that?" You're yeah. out of your fucking mind. You know, it's the same. That's not the dumbest fucking shit I've ever yeah. heard. It's like, who the fuck you think you're talking to? Um, so pretty much what happened is there was this nor'easter coming through, and it like, hold on, there was two tankers actually. My shit's all out of order. For um, all of our listeners, including myself, who didn't grow up up north, explain what a nor'easter is. It's a big, wicked fucking storm. 
And <laughs> so, like, you have the northeast of the United States, right? So you have a couple different t- – so your two big storms are your northeasters and your uh, lake effect. So um, you get storms that – it's like a small hurricane on the Atlantic coast. Uh, and it comes from the northeast. You got cold air coming down from the uh, from Arctic, and it just fucking swirls, and it builds up pre- steam off a of fucking – off the coast up north and then it just pounds new england uh and like leaving and living in pennsylvania like we were still worried about nor'easters because they were fucking huge or the other thing is you have lake effect where you have so the lakes are so fucking big like i know like you look at maps and like a lot of people don't realize how big alaska is because of the way the maps are scaled but the great lakes are fucking huge they're so big you can see the curvature of the earth on the horizon so like you get a storm that like stalls out there and it just fucking picks it up and then it brings it over like when we were kids, it was like, hey, there's a storm coming. And we're like, where's it coming from? They're like, ah, oh, from the south. Like, ah, oh, we'll stop school. If we hear lake effect, shit's fucked, dude. Nothing's happening the next day, <laughs> you know? Um, so let's see here. Hey. All right. Hey. So he- Keep it down. So it's you yelling at your kids. I know, right? <laughs> so it was actually weird. So February 18th, 1952. So there were two ships. There was the Mercer, which was an oil tanker going from uh, Louisiana to Maine. And then there was um, the Pendleton, which was going from uh, somewhere shit, else. To somewhere uh, else. From Louisiana, from Baton Rouge to Mass- from Bo- to Boston. That's where they were going. That's a so, long fucking haul. Yeah, so here's here's why it was a, such a weird thing because, so you had the um, the Fort Mercer broke a fucking part at five fifty in the morning, right, forty miles away mm-hmm. from shore. Uh, they had a working radio. It comes up later. It's a tool that's gonna help us later. They had a radio, set an SOS. So the Coast Guard's like, shit, we got an oil tanker or we got a tanker out here fucked up with broken half. Um, but the uh, the Pendleton, um, broke up. Like, hold on, let me see that. So, yeah, so you had the the Fort Mercer broke apart, and then the Coast Guard assets launched. And then, huh? I'm not the only parent in the house. Uh, the Fort Mercer broke apart, Coast Guard assets launched. But then, shut up! Um, but the, the SS Pendleton, also a tanker, transiting outside of Massachusetts also fucking broken half, but they didn't have a working radio. So like there was some, there was some weird things going on and the coast guard, like when you mean broken half, you're talking about like actual broken half, like take a tanker and chop it the fucking half. Like, like, okay. like, uh, I don't know if you cut a hot dog in half. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's what we're calling takers now. Hot dogs, new name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, they didn't have a radio, so the Coast Guard was just kind of tracking these two big pieces of metal floating. Um, and uh, it, it took quite a long time. It took, like, eight hours until the crew of the um, Pendleton was actually like, oh, shit, I think there's another tanker that's broken. We should go check it out. And then Bernie Weber was like, the crew was like, no, dude, fuck that. There's 40 to 60 foot waves out there. I'm not going. And Bernie Weber was like, yeah, dude, I'll do that shit. And he took Three other volunteers. Uh, they went out and uh, crossed the bar, you know, doing some crazy shit. All that was a compass, you know. There's no Sins, there's no Furuno, there's no radar, there's no fathometer. You just Siemens Eye for the most part. 
Uh, and they went out there and they rescued a bunch of people off there um, and brought them back. So I'm going to go over some other stuff like that. So um, the uh, the tanker, the Pendleton, actually uh, cracked through the number eight hold. So just forward to midships. So like halfway, just forward to midships. Midships is the fucking middle. It's mid. You know, it's kind of obvious, I guess. Um, but the, the Coast Guard spotted the two sections of the Pendleton on radar and began tracking the locations. Um, gotta keep that. Uh, the Pendleton was um carrying uh kerosene, like just hold a hold whole full of fucking kerosene. Jesus, hold on, I'm having technological differences. Um, so in the movie it says, well, there's a weld that broke. That's why we broke apart. Uh, the the SS Pendleton didn't actually have a weld that broke. Uh, like it did in the movie. Uh, it suffered a three way fracture. Uh, the repair was never repaired. Repaired. Uh, so the, uh, surprisingly, the hastily built World War II era ship actually passed the Coast Guard's inspection in January 1952. So it passed inspection, you know, right fucking before this. Uh, just goes to show you those goddamn duck scrubbers don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> it was also speculated that the hull was made with, quote, dirty steel. It's like dirty power, um, which means it was it had too much salt. Like when you have steel, you take your iron ore and you mix fucking science in it and it comes out as fucking steel. Uh, dirty steel is weaker because it's got too much sulfur in it. So um, the actual, so the T2 tankers, which is the type of two, the two tankers of Fort Mercer, the Pendleton, that's what these are actually called. Um, they were actually given nicknames as Kaiser coffins and serial sinkers. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what they used to fucking call these things. Right. So um, they actually had, so like in the movie you had people who were like, yeah, I'm not fucking going out. They literally had most of the station go, not doing that. Can't make me. Um, so the men, the men that volunteered were, were to go with Bernard Weber, so it was four, was paid off second class Andy Fitzgerald, Seaman Richard Livesey, and Seaman Irvin Mask. Um, some people had already went out to uh, go towards the Fort, Fort Mercer. Like I said, that they already launched in the, in the first half. Dude, Bernie Weber, like, he looks like my grandfather. It's kind of fucking, like, it's kind of eerie. Like, look at his actual picture, you know. I'd show you a picture, but you don't know what my grandfather looks like, so it won't matter. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go cover the stuff about his wife that they covered in the movie because that was all yeah. for theatrics. I don't really give a shit. Um, so actually, U.S. Coast Guard mill confirmed that the seas were 40 to 60 feet that day. So, like, just to put that into perspective, most people's houses are, you know, most people. Guys, fight! Are we talking about? Are we talking about swells or faces? Tall. So you have, do you, you know how to measure a wave? Get from the trough, from the bottom of the trough to the peak, to the crest of the wave. Yep. So 40 mm-hmm. to 60 feet high. It's like most people's houses aren't even that high. That's a lot. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, a T Rex, a little bit more. And how big is this, this lifeboat they're taking out? Like it, it can't be, it has to be tiny, right? Like can put, a, put it uh, in size. To like something today. Uh, hold on. I have the actual. So it's a shit. Fuck. Hold on. It was thirty six foot. Is it like the size of that like fucking rowboat that's at Cape May? You know what I'm talking about? You're thinking of the bathtub. It's bigger yeah, than that. It like it's that? bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Okay. It's like us. Do you remember the forty ones? Were you in for forty ones? Yeah. It's like a smaller stern driven forty one. Okay. So. Uh, it's it's lit like actually so now since you brought it up uh the the vessel that they used for the finest hours is like 
super, super fucking close to what they actually drove out that day. Uh, there's a picture of two of them next to each other. Um, but so another thing, like um, the guy that, you know, Ben Affleck's brother, like he like cuts a lifeboat free to show them that it doesn't fucking it's not going to work. That actually didn't happen in real life. So like that was that was all for theatrics. Um, but um, so was the Coast Guard's motor lifeboat really thrown in the air onto its side and highway? So and there's a part where Bernie Weber like fucking choo, gets super fucked up. Uh, so, yeah. yes, like uh, the true story confirms after being smashed by a mountainous wave, the Coast Guard uh, CG 36500 rescue boat was thrown high into the air, landing on its side. The self-riding boat quickly corrected itself and was ready to face the next giant wave. That's from USCG.mil. So, like, it got its ship pushed in. So, like, I think the biggest waves I've ever been in, I think, were 20 to 22 feet. And I was on a ship, and those were scary fucking waves. Like, and I wasn't driving. Yeah. I was in a ship that I knew could handle it. I had people driving that I trusted. And I was still like, dude, not going to happen. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, when I was on the rush, we were off the coast of China, and we were in 25, 30 footers. And I was literally walking on the walls, mess cooking. Like it was fucking Guys, wild. I'm not gonna ask you again. Find something to do. Get off the goddamn stairs. Like people think, like, oh, I could, I can handle a, a 30 foot wave, bitch. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, like, 30 footers are no joke, and I couldn't imagine like double that in a smaller boat. Yeah. So, just no, thank you. No, thank you. What? Yeah. As long as the parents gonna be there, you can go. Okay. All right. Bye. Oh. But yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We Put have pants on and shoes. And we have to be back at two Okay. That's on the way out, time. close the door. That little kid's staring at me. Tell her to quit it. Tell the kid to quit staring at me. Pants and shoes. Jesus. Just that little fucking kid was staring at me. Did you see that? I did. I did see that. I don't like that. You fucking let her know. That's not cool. Have fun editing that out. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> you have to. Why? Did you say she didn't say your first name? At least at least bleep my kid's name out. Oh, okay. Um so like if you look right here, can you I don't know if you can see it, but that's the Yeah. So you see how one says real with an R E A L yeah. and one says R E E L. This is from the movie, and yep. that's the fucking like actual one. I should probably post that. I will when the episode comes out, but it's fucking super close, bro. Yeah, super close. Um, so let's see. So like in the movie, the the seas break the the uh, the window and the compass. Like it's a big fucking scene. Like after it like crashes, uh, and X actually U.S. Coast Guard mill actually confirmed that. Bern, yeah, says Bernie Weber and his crew attempt to navigate the wooden motor life. So it was fucking wood. Don't forget that. Uh, across the Chatham sandbar and out to, US, to the SS Pendleton. High swells wrecked havoc on the boat. Uh, one crashed over, knocking knocking Weber over. All right, it's in the movie. Uh, in addition, the, the, the windshield got smashed. The windshield was important because it kept that blinding driven snow and ice and water out of his face so he could actually see and drive. So once that window was gone, that's like, you know, you ever stuck your head it's like dri- yeah, yeah, It's like driving a motorcycle in the rain with no fucking helmet. Yes, yeah. In addition to that, uh, the compass was literally ripped from its mounts, and it got the it went it went in the drink. Um, so Bernie Weber's just like, "Yeah, I lost my only piece of navigation, and I can't see. I could probably still make this happen. Let's fucking let's keep going." 
like their guard score's got to be like at least medium high, you know, uh, <laughs> at least. Um, so literally all they had was a searchlight, um, you know, look for this fucking thing. And actually, this was actually pretty cool. So in the movie, he refuses to wear a life jacket. Do you remember that part? Yep. So actually, the real Bernie Weber insisted on not wearing a life jacket in order to give himself better maneuverability to control the motor lifeboat because they didn't have like the inflatables. They didn't have, you know, the really good type threes and shit that we have now. Yeah. They were the big bulky thing, big bulky things. He's like, nah, man, he's like, if we're going to die, we're all going to die. Uh, so I'm just going to drive the best I can. So he actually didn't do that. Um, and in the movie, the, um, the, the, the senior senior mate of the Pendleton tries to run the ground, a ship. So it sticks. That actually didn't happen in real life. So, just in case you're wondering, uh, and I'm gonna skip more some more stuff about the fucking his wife. Um, so you remember in the movie when the fucking lifeboat dies out and they can't get it started and they're just like adrift? Yeah. So actually, it really happened. Um, a gigantic wouldn't wing, have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, do you remember that 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 time I sat in the small boat for six hours in the rain just? Chugging along, waiting for the SNL. Yeah, and you tried to eat like enchiladas with no fucking fork or some shit like it that. Was, it was salmon. They sent me salmon. <laughs> <laughs> fucking and salmon and rice in the rain. Like, how dare you? Like, who do you think you are? Uh, anyway, about enough about my trivial fucking problems. We're gonna talk about a real dude. Uh, <clears throat> so the waves would roll the boat over so far. The single 90-horsepower gas engine would die out because it would lose its prime. Prime is like when you're siphoning something or um, oh, fucking. You lose uh, suction. Yeah, you lose suction. You know, like as as you, you know, you have suck bang below in an engine. As you are trying to, you want good pressure to get your fuel in there it would be so shitty out that you wouldn't be able to get fuel to the engine so it kept dying so the engineer andy fitzgerald um would have to crawl into the cramped engine compartment and restart it leaving him with bad burns and bruises all over his arms um they likely wouldn't have survived without getting the engine restarted so like this dude was like like the du- this dude wasn't driving andy fitzgerald wasn't driving but if it wasn't for him they probably all would have died like he kept that engine yeah running. i mean I mean, imagine getting the shit beat out of you in 30-foot waves crawling in a fucking cramped engine bay just trying to fucking get your boat going again. Bro, I don't like going in the engine room when we're in port as the OD. So, like, <laughs> you know, first-world problems. Um, yeah, so... Um, and then it says... So, actually, in the book, uh, they likely wouldn't have survived without getting the engine started. Uh, it makes it look like they would only have seconds to, like, get the boat like going before the next wave hit, you know? Um, so survivors. So obviously his name was Bernard, whatever they called him, Bernie. Um, the tanker was 503 foot long, broken in half early morning in 1952, uh, in a storm they launched. So they actually rescued 32 crew members from the SS Pendleton. And each one had to climb down the Jacob's ladder. So, for those of you that haven't climbed down, okay, let me go over what Jacob's ladder is. It's uh, it's a rope ladder, and there's wood planks for each step and set of rope. And let me tell you from experience, climbing up and down Jacob's ladders on tankers. I've climbed it up on tankers. I've climbed it up on shrimp boats. I've climbed on our ships. 
Jacob's ladders are rarely ever fun in calm seas. Those, they suck. All right. So you have in we classify it as, you know, there's two types of force. You have dynamic and static. One one is things that happen to the vessel from the outside. One or one the other is things that happen to the vessel and it reacts based on things inside the vessel. So you have a ship moving up and down. You have which the ladder is attached to that also moves up and down. Then you have the other boat jump moving up and down. And then you got to get a moving passenger over there. Um, yeah. I always bitched at Coxons for doing a shitty job of keeping the boat steady while I was um, while I was trying to get up and down these Jacob's ladders until um, Angry BMC and Ratsness started teaching me to drive boats. I really thought I was like, dude, it's a fucking boat. Just burp, put it in and just hold it. Don't be a dick until I like I'm talking in calm seas like it's it's glass, you know, less than a foot seas. Right. The ship is moving in a steady direction and I have to bring the boat in alongside kind of nose in. There's like I didn't think about there's so much stuff like you have different waves. You have this like this alley that like the ship actually gives off two different wakes. You have a bow wake. You have a stern wake. You got to like shoot this gap and you got to like come in at the right speed. Like just touch touch tips pretty much and just kind of like gun it and then maintain. And I didn't realize how hard it was. And Angry BMC, who's out now, and Ratsnitch did a really good job of teaching me. That's the only compliment I'm going to give you. Um, really good job of teaching me to read waves and just pretty much explained how hard it is sometimes. So like I'm having trouble doing it in fucking flat-ass calm. You know, there is no race. There's no one drowning. There's no bad guys getting away. We're just doing currencies, and I'm trying to train to be a coxswain, and I'm having trouble getting pissed off. So, like, imagine this. You could barely see. It's dark out, and you have to take this fucking 36-foot boat and then come up, touch tips, get a dude back off. Come up, touch tips, get a dude back off. Yeah, it's like you an know. insurmountable task. It's It's just, you know, just watching a movie, be like, oh, yeah, he's a good boat driver. Having actually driven a small boat and done nighttime and daytime, calm under the tutelage of good instructors it's fucking hard um usually when i take on a task i usually grasp it fairly quickly and boat driving just kick my ass um and it's it's very like like i, I hate fucking giving both mates credit i fucking despise it but some, there are some fucking great boat drivers out there you know jimothy's one of them and it's just like i want to make i want people to know that are listening like you know that don't know or haven't experienced that Getting a boat up alongside a moving vessel is fucking hard. It's hard. Then you add nighttime, snow, freezing, you know, the temperature. You know, this yeah, is a 60 foot fucking wave. 60 foot fucking waves. It's life or death, you know. Uh, so I just want, you know, everyone to know that. Um, so uh, they all climb down the ladder. Um, let's see where I lost my spot. So he did this over 30 times. So he'd come up, get a guy back out because you got to judge these waves. Like, it's not just like they're not, they, they are the same. They're recurring, but they're not always the same. It's, it's hard to explain unless you've done it. Um, he did it all one by one. So he rescued 32 people, I believe for a vessel that's designed to hold 12 people total like max. Yeah. Like, um, like our OTH, I'm pretty sure max capacity with crews 13 people. I think I it's been a minute since I've done boat crew. Could you imagine getting 32 motherfuckers on our OTH? And no. then and then add the feel like that bitch would sink. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So the amount of people that passed away. So when the Nor'easter broke the pedal in half, um, eight men were on the bow, including the captain, lost their lives. So there's snap, bang, explode, sink. Oh, your package just got here. Should I go get it? Sure. We'll do a live open. Um, <laughs> remind me. Um, so the captain actually lost his lives, and um, the the senior uh, officer that was left, the guy that's played by Casey Affleck, the you know Ben Affleck's brother, he <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, wrong tube. He said the ship breaking in half sounded like the roar of thunder, like so it was pretty fucking hefty. Um, so Bertie Weber actually only lost uh, one guy that he tried to save. Uh, so this hits me right in the feels. Cause the only guy that died was a big fat guy. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, like, it's not funny that he died. It's funny. that It's, it's funny. You're that a big fat guy. I'm a big fat guy. I mean, not that you're not a big fat guy either, but the big fat guy died. Um, so the actual true account from CG, uh, uscg.mil, uh, revealed a 300 pound man named George, George Myers, whose name was tiny was the last survivor to get rescued. Aside from the captain that died. Um, so Myers lost his life when he jumped from the rope ladder that had been lowered to the pedaling crew uh, in order to send to the Coast Guard uh, lifeboat. Myers missed the rescue boat, fell into frigid, rough-ass fucking seas, and then he got smashed between the lifeboat and the Pendleton. So this dude falls in the water, and then, like I told you, the you know static dynamic forces, the boat got pushed, and he fucking got squished in between the two and died. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Bernie Weber told the guy that did his biography, he said that that of the whole ordeal in his whole career, and I'll go over the, a little bit more later on, out of everything that he experienced in his career, um, that haunted him the most, and it haunted him for fucking years. Um, so, um, so in the store, in the movie, you actually like see people listening to the radio. It's like people actually um showed up on the on the pier like they did in the movie uh the headlights thing that that wasn't a fucking thing that didn't really happen um but locals were listening on the on the radio and a lot of the people from the town showed up to the pier to actually help people fucking um uh you know help with everybody so the uh the headlight thing in the movie is a bunch of bullshit so um so for their efforts the four man crew of the lifeboat Including Bernard Weber, Richard Livesey, Livesey, Andrew Fitzgerald, and Irvin Mask were all awarded the Coast Guard's Gold Life Saving Medal. Uh, Weber credits the Lord as having a hand on the tiller during his rescue. Um, Bernie Weber actually ended up staying in. He made all the way to Chief Warrant Officer, so he was a bosun. He actually stayed in so long. He was actually in Vietnam. That like wow. that blew my mind. Like you think. You think people that were in World War II, you don't automatically associate as Vietnam. And then you think of this story of Bernie Weber as, yeah, dude, that shit happened back in the day. That was the fucking 50s, dog. That's the most shit. And he stayed in and went all the way in. He was in Vietnam. He was actually in Operation Market Time. I don't know what it is. I didn't have time to look it up. But dude was like, you know, slaying commies for mommy all the way up to fucking Vietnam time until he fucking retired. That's wild. All right. I'm going to go. Get a package and make toilet real quick. All right. Everything came out okay. All right. So next, we're going to do a live mail opening. I got the package. Yeah. 
Looks like it's intact. I'm opening the package now. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the kind of dumb videos my kids watch on YouTube. Unboxing videos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so does mine. Okay, not a lot in here, but let's take a look. All right, first, oh, yuck. New koozies. This is the this is the new koozie we did. This is the the neon ones, right? So I got red. Yep. Oh shit. So I got the I got the red and I got the neon. You have to go out, so you might as well drink. And it's got a logo on the back. Good. My my fucking our original one, which is one of my favorite koozies to date. I I'm I, I put a hurting on them. <laughs> you know. Um so let's see what else we got in here. Is this a love letter? Did you write me a love letter? No, that's uh, <laughs> that that's from Black Dog Military Antiques. Oh, dude, He's they're the in. Sent us some stickers. They're in Dover, PA. So I've been there before. The note, the note had something mentioned about you in there, so I figured I'd send it to you. So I'm actually, I'm actually, I I fished there before. It says here are the decals that I promised forever ago. Sorry for the delay. The dog that served as a model for my logo is one that Mr. Miami knew from his trips to Annapolis. Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's why I sent you the fucking letter. <laughs> Damn. I actually fucking... I remember that dog, man. That was fucking cool. Yeah, I used to spend spend some time down there. The, the specific... The guy that's the same rate as me um, that was stationed there is my nemesis who's now out because he's a piece of shit and I'm glad he's out. But uh, Annapolis was cool. The seal was, the OIC was cool. It was a rad place. It was like, you would go to Annapolis and like, I remember the first time going there, like it was like me and my third and we're driving and I have the GPS on and I'm like, it like, it's like, all right, turn right here. And then we turned and it's like million dollar house, million dollar house, million dollar house, million dollar house, million dollar house. I'm like, dude, this does not seem like where Coast Guard fucking places are. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's like turn left, and like it pretty much the Coast Guard just bought a chunk of land in this like million dollar subdivision. It was like this is a Coast Guard station now. Like, fucking deal with it. And there's a big front lawn, and like they like people actually some of the guys that were stationed there actually got to hunt. And since it was a big subdivision, ritzy people they didn't hunt, so these deer were like fucking massive, like 10, 12 point deer, you know, hundred and fifty pounds, which is big for Maryland, and like they'll come right up to you. But yeah, so that was from uh, Black Dog Antique, Black Dog Military Antique, Civil War, Indian War, Spanish American War, 1916 Border Campaign, WW1, W2, Korean War, and Vietnam War, Militaria for the Collector and Living Historian. You can see him on Facebook, the Instagrams, the Etsy's, and then his email. So I'll post a picture. Did you already post a picture of these? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to keep that note though because that's dope. I know where Dover is. I fly fish there. And then I got some more knock, uncover, fuck off stickers. Some disgruntled sailor stickers. These are the new ones. I only got, bitch, you sent me fucking two? Yeah, I sent you two of them. That's Take a knee, Romo. I haven't even kept one for myself, so. All right, next I got the uh, engineering department of the Polar Sea. Which one did we just talk shit about? The Polar Star? Uh, yeah, Polar Star. Yeah, get fucked, Polar Star. The Polar Sea is way better. This is a dope ass patch. Uh, it's pretty big. It's probably three. I think it's probably four inches. It says six burning, three turning, which I assume means they have six engines and three props. It says U.S. Coast Guard cutter Polar Sea, 
engineering department and it's got three propellers with the fucking flames. That's pretty cool. I'm showing you like you didn't fucking put it in the bag for yeah. me. <laughs> so that one came from a guy who uh, figured out who we were actually. And remember the guy I, I like, I like told him about his whole family. Yeah. Shut up. That's the guy who it came from as well as uh, the other, other coin that's in that bag. A lot of people are putting a lot of effort into finding out who we are these days, aren't they? I know, right? <laughs> once once we get some swag in from that guy, then we're going to go over it. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, the next I got is, do you remember, I tried to bring this up for when our ship turned 50. Um, yeah, and they were like, that's not a fucking thing. Yeah, they're like, that's not a fucking thing. I was like, hey, the ship's turning 50. Uh, let's do a fucking you know, uh, golden plank owner and we'll do golden coins and we'll do all this. They're like, you can't, I couldn't find it in writing and, and uh, the one person I thought could do it was RC Cole and he couldn't find it either. It was hard to find in writing, you know, cause the, it wasn't the chiefs at the time. It was the officers that we had at the time. They were like, shut up. Goddamn dogs afraid of her own shadow. Um, yeah. So we tried to do it and the current command at the time was like, get fucked nerd. So we were like, okay, I guess we'll just give up. Uh, but this is a fucking rad fucking coin, bro. This has mm-hmm. so many dynamics to it. So first of all, it's probably almost four inches tall. It's got a standard like two inch coin in the middle. It says U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Melon. WBC 717. And then at the top, it says Gold Anniversary. And then above that, it's got a fucking helm. And then it's got a full flag on the left and a full flag on the right. The left is the National Ensign. The right is the Coast Guard Ensign. Then there's two fish at the bottom of this fucking coin and on the back it says 50 years of service and it has every rank from uh e1 so the non-rate insignia third second third nope that's not right third second first <laughs> chief senior chief master chief um w2 w3 w4 0, 01 2 3 4 5 and then forward captain and it's got the ribbon rack of the actual melon on the back that is a fucking rad fucking coin yeah, so the guy who sent that in said their ET1 on the ship actually designed that coin. That's pretty rad. That's 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 got to be top 10. Got to be top 10. I think I'm going to I should lay out all my coins and take a picture and post it on the gram just to see like how many we got. I want to see if anyone can beat me. I'm sure Master Chief Cannon has more can- coins than me, but I doubt he misses. Uh the next coin is uh it's the shape of a cog because I think they think I'm a engine. I'm an engineer. No, no. This is the guy who figured out who we were is an MK one. Oh, okay. So it's two and a half inches. It says it's engraved. It says Mr. Miami. It's a bottle opener and it came in a, uh, in a coin holder. Um, and then the inside the coin holder, there's a thing. It says motion activated, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Like the guys that go out and put like, um, put, voice activated on like uh copiers and like voice activated on like hand dryers those fucking crack me up watching people just like you know turn on on and they're just standing like dickheads uh yeah so that guy actually got nautical usa to make those for us oh really so nautical usa made these for him for us yep yeah so that that guy paid nautical to make those coins he sent them to him and then that guy mailed them to us cool um Should have never bought a Jeep. 
old lady's taking it everywhere, leaving it empty. Um, all right. I have last two, two more things to plug, and then we're getting to our last calls. So, um, what? Did you almost just drink almost, out of your spitter? No, I almost spit into my, my Coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than the other way around. Um, so next, um, we're working on these guest episodes and making them, making them come to fruition. So I have a reservist now who listens, and he is – I don't remember what I said about him last time. But he's a character for sure. Um, just all over the fucking place. Just, um, I would describe him as just happy to be a part of anything. Like he's just like, you know, I was like, hey, you want to come on and tell us all about how the reserves work? He's like, oh my god, that'd be so great. I was like, well, I'm gonna talk shit most of the time. He's like, oh man, that's so fine. I don't care. I'll come anyway. And um, he's like, well, I don't have a microphone. I was like, it's okay. You come to my house. We'll do it at my house. So we're gonna have a reserve episode on because there's a lot of weird shit that the reserves do, like points and like retirement and like drills and how you get paid and there's so a lot of fucky things that go on with reserves um kind of explain how the reserves work uh obviously talk some shit tell him how he's a piece of shit um and then you know go from there so i actually have two reserves that work for me but uh one of them's um doing some other outside stuff right now so he's not available he's not really funny he's kind of old this one the guy that i'm gonna have on is a fucking character it's gonna be it's gonna be so good he's like if you could take like winnie the pooh and mix him with goofy that's what this dude is like make put oh, those Jesus. two put those two characters together like short and round but just fucking <laughs> okay you know just <laughs> so i'm excited um and then so the trivia i really want to do the trivia here soon um and I'm not sure who we're going to get. Uh, maybe we can do like, a, you know, um, like maybe like some sort of not a raffle, but like, you know, one of those things where I don't have a lot of followers. So you're probably going to have to do it. But pick a team of like, um, you know, a couple people like a team of two. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see how the logistics work. Maybe we can get someone from up where you are, maybe somewhere up from where I am. And then maybe like like we can get two guys together that way because we can only have four people record at the same time. So if we can have two together, you know, you get another guy and I can get somebody here, you know, that'll make a good team. Send those fucking um, trivia questions to me. Just scroll on Miami, Mr. Miami, on the Instagram. Send that shit. I want to do it. And then we're going to come up with some prizes. Either, um, you know, if you win, if, if Fatso wins, he gets to post a picture of me of his choice probably going to be a picture of my band when i was in high school because he thinks it's hilarious uh if you're not fatso we'll probably put together a collection of swag that is one off um like a memento that i have from a boarding or some sort of picture or sticker or koozie or put I got some, some one-off shit that um nautical usa has sent me that we haven't listed on our merch site at all so that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be one off, uh, disgruntled sailor swag. So send that shit in as soon as I get uh, a bank of questions. Uh, I'm gonna do it, uh, but I don't want any smart people. So like RC Cola, you can't play. Jimothy, you can't play either. Um, but that's not fun. I don't give a fuck. I'm supposed to sound smart. I got. I know who I'm gonna get recruit for this episode. Who? Already. Who? The, who? Not telling you. Is it someone local to it's you? None of the. It, it's, He's pretty close. It's not the person that he's in Seattle. 
it's not the person that you think it is. Like, not it's not RC Cola, not Jimothy. Do I know them at all? No, but he's smart. I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> oh, all right. Hold on, I gotta let fucking Fatso out. Fatso's not doing well. I found a tumor under his throat the other day. So just cut it out. Huh? Just cut it out. Negative, Ghost Rider. Um, all right. So I'm gonna do some last calls. You got anything for last calls? Uh no. All right. Um so first of all, we were me and the wife and kids were out to eat. No, it was just me and the old lady. We went to a German place, right? Uh, got mm-hmm. a big stein, got a bunch of fucking unhealthy meats that were smoked, and uh, it was glorious. Uh, but she got these, like, these potatoes, like potatoes that were, like, cooked with, like, you know, there's bacon and onions in there. It was a classic German dish. And she fucking asked for ketchup. And I got a little fucking upset. It'd be like, it's like, bitch, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like I looked at which was like, it's for her. It's not for me. It's I'm not an asshole. It's it's fucking her. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was like, is is ketchup like a bad thing to put on German food? I was like, where's ketchup from? Like, do you know where ketchup's from? No. Where do you think ketchup started? Like, where do you think its origins I, were? I, I have no idea. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I've never really done that much research into ketchup. So. The, you used to watch you watch Good Eats, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I like watching Alton Brown a lot because he explains it a certain way that makes me understand. And he always explains where everything is, but it's never come up. I looked, I googled it. I was like, okay, so like, like I learned watching Alton Brown that spaghetti and meatballs is not Italian; it's American. You know, correct? It's a hundred percent American. Like if you go to Italy and go, can I get spaghetti and meatballs? You're gonna get a bowl of pasta, and then in a separate thing, you're gonna get some meatballs. And yep. then also like, you know, uh, fortune cookies. Those were invented in New York. Yeah, those are American. Those are 100%, 100%. of fucking American. So I was like, hmm, maybe, I wonder if ketchup is an American thing. I was like, no, I, I bet it's Italian. It's got to be some sort of like Italian knockoff. Do you take a guess? Where do you think? Chi- uh, fuck, I just said it. Um, China? Did it come from China? Yes. Yes. Ketchup did? Ketchup I wouldn't have guessed that. Ketchup. God damn it, you fat bitch. Gotta... Hold on. I got to let Fatso back in. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Hurry up. Come on. Hurry up. I, I was going to guess someplace like Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, ketchup has its origins in China and began as a pickled fish sauce. After a few hundred years and several different versions, the ketchup we know today was created. So it, it pretty much went from China as a fermented sauce and then, you know, spice traders and shit going back and forth took this sauce to here. Just like how, like, um, like do you know what Great Britain's national dish is? No. It's curry. Google really? It. I swear to God, 100%. So, like, You'd be surprised. Like, isn't it crazy that the one nation that, like, you know, fought for spices has the most blandest food in the fucking world? Um, but, like, so their national dish is actual curry. And, uh, like, through its different, you know, coming back through the spice trades and this and that, ketchup went through many derivations. But it's actually fucking 
origins of Chinese food, of Chinese. That's that's wild. I would have known that. I like I like that kind of stuff. Like, do you know the main ingredient in Worcestershire sauce? Is ketchup? No, it's anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like food stuff like that. Like, do you know where like the Caesar salad came from? No. Do you want to take a guess? Is it outside of America? Yes. Who? Let's say Finland. Swing and a miss, dog. So, <laughs> obviously, I'm a big fat person. And I like watching food stuff. But the Caesar salad was actually invented in Tijuana, Mexico, by a chef named Caesar. Really? Yeah. So it's actually a warm salad. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where you know you hear a lot of them like, um, well, the somebody came in late at night. And they wanted something, and all they had left was okay. I got a cream sauce, I got Parmesan cheese, and I got some anchovies, and I got some yeah, a bunch of leftover shit. A bunch of leftover shit. So like a real, genuine Caesar salad has romaine lettuce that's not chopped. It's spread with the sauce. It's got Parmesan cheese and then anchovy slice, anchovy flays on it, and then they toss it together, and then it's actually served warm, and then they put croutons on top. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I'd like the warm aspect. Not. It's not hot, but like it's not a cold salad like we're used to. Just it's weird where food comes from, right? Food is so good. Yeah. If you guys are looking for like a good informative food show, a Good Eats by Alton Brown. That's a fucking. It's a good ass show. Yeah, because he doesn't just explain it like, yeah, we're gonna take the chicken, we're gonna pound it out, and then we're gonna bread it and deep yeah. fry it. He's he like explains shit like you're five. Yeah. He's like, why are we going to break it down? Because you have tendons. And then when you freeze stuff, you know, the cells explode and blah, 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 blah. And it's it's really good. That's my favorite fucking show. Um, all right, next. Um, I overheard some fucking derelict child at a restaurant recently say some heinous shit. Um, about it was, what? It's about grilled cheese. You know how upset I get about grilled cheese. So this fucking kid, hold on, I got, I wrote it down because it fucking pissed me off so much. What the fuck is going on with the? <sighs> Sorry, I'm having technological differences. So, what would like if you wanted to order a grilled cheese? What would you say? Oh, I want a grilled cheese. Okay, and everybody knows what that means. This yes. little fucking piece of shit said, I would like the quesadilla toast. What? Quesadilla <laughs> toast. <laughs> Bro, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I stopped when I was doing I was like, I almost looked, I almost like tapped the parents on the shoulder and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? They're like, ah. Like, quesadilla toast? Get the fuck out of here. Just, just, just irritated me. I feel like the universe sends me shit. Just be like, hey, you know what will piss Mr. Miami off? Let's call it quesadilla <laughs> toast just to piss him off. Uh, that is funny. Uh, have you ever heard of Liberty Cuffs? I have not. So, Is it when you get I, arrested in a port call? No. Is it when so... you're restricted because you can't perform in port calls? No, has nothing to do with. Is it a sex thing? Is it a sex thing? No, no. So, the reason it came up is I follow this guy on Instagram. It's called the Bosun Hole, 
and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he said, "Who else rocks Liberty cuffs?" And he has a picture, and I'll show you the picture in a second. But I was like, I didn't know what it was, and I know you like weird military history, so Liberty cuffs are a strictly unofficial part of a U.S. naval uniform tradition that was once quite popular with shipboard sailors from World War II through the 1980s. So it says during this time, enlisted sailors were required to wear their issue naval jumpers to and from the ship while on board. No civilian clothes were authorized. That's this the, gave um, birth. Is the jumper the? Is it's that like the, the long sleeve, the, the cracker, the cracker jack, cracker jack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it says this gave birth to the Liberty Cuff tradition. Sailors, being rebellious bunch they are, could not pass up the opportunity to sneak a bit of flagrant individualism under the noses of the officers and the ever-present shore patrol. The Liberty Cuff was born. It says, uh, it was traditional for a sailor to have his jumper tailored and additionally embroidered with art inside against U.S. Navy regulations. With an uh, R? The sh- with the letter R inside? No. no, it just says tailored inside. So it's like a patch. And it says, uh, once the sailor was off the ship and on Liberty, he would turn up his cuffs on his jumper. So you like flip his sleeves up like this. Uh, and they would have these patches on. Uh, and here's a picture of one. Can you see that? That's fucking rad. Yeah, right. So they're like a one and a half inch by three inch fucking. What's that called? Bo- that... The, is it the bosun hole or bosun hole? The bosun hole. B o s u n. B o s n h o l e. Bosun hole. Yeah. So Hold it on. says. Uh, it says he could turn up his cuffs on his jumper and sport his Liberty cuffs. But while he was on Liberty and looking so salty, he had to keep an eye out for the ever vigilant uh, shore patrol. These tough Navy cops would bust a sailor in a minute if he was caught out of uniform, out of uniform with his Liberty cuffs turned up. Dude, that's rad. Aside from that, his fucking knuckle tattoos, he's got chains, like deck chains tattooed across his knuckles. That's yeah, this dude rad. has, he's pretty cool, man. Uh, he, he's got some cool shit. He yeah. also listens to the podcast, so... Yeah, dude, those, those. I thought that was neat. Those fucking knuckle tats are tits. I, uh, I'm not a decky, but that's fucking right. I might have to steal that. But I he posted it a while back, and I didn't know what Liberty Cups were, and I was like, I bet RC Cola knows because he knows weird shit like that. Uh, but I thought they were pretty cool. That's pretty fucking rad. Uh, I literally joined for things like that. I joined for the whale's belly and crossing ceremonies and the, the sheer tradition. Like I've talked about hunting before and there's like just the sheer tradition of why we do things is because we do them is fucking rad. And like doing certain things that we do that like my grandfather and great grandfather did is fucking rad. And it's just, that's super cool. I re- that really impresses me. Like someone's still keeping like, you know, the tradition alive, you know, per se. Yeah. But... All right. All right. So I got a question for you. I got a riddle. It's not really a riddle. Okay. All right. All right. How many words in the English dictionary contain the word meow? I, I can't. Maybe, maybe one that I can meow. <laughs> no, there's more. Thirteen. No, it's not that many. 
All right. It's five. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. Meow. Meowed. Meowing. Oh, meows. <laughs> and homeowner. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. That one took me a fucking second. <laughs> well, it's probably six homeowners. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. But like. I don't that's, know. I that's, thought, that's good. I thought that was funny. Um, all right, dinosaurs, right? Uh, if you think about it, a kangaroo is just a T-Rex deer. I can see that. T-Rex deer, right? Yeah. Um, I saw one the other day that really made me laugh, and I was ashamed. It was It was a TikTok where it said, when Helen Keller gets the Omicron variant and she loses her taste and smell, and then he goes, <laughs> one sense left. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and my last thing is coming back to, um, you know, the us talking about non-rates. Um, your current unit versus shitty units. So... A shitty unit can be made better by the people you surround yourself with, and a good unit can be shitty because of the people that you have to deal with. So, like, I am at currently, I'm at a highly, highly desirable Coast Guard unit, but there's certain people here that are making it very, very unfun. Uh, they're making it shitty. Um, but places like the last ship we were on, how long are we going to go before we just say what ship we were on? So we're out. Not gonna say that. Not gonna say that yet. So that a, place a while longer. That that place was shitty, right? But the E sixes and the E sevens, most of well, not most, half the E sevens made that place like made it amazing. Uh, that's probably gonna be one of my favorite units of all time. Uh, as much as I hated it, and much as I like wanted to get off, it's probably one of my favorite units. Followed closely by like Panama City and then the Block Island, um, but. A lot of these non-rates think their their unit is quote Jesus Christ. Shut up. They think their unit's shitty because of the current experience that they're having. Um first of all, your unit is what you make of it. Number one. Uh I had an E6 of mine when I was very young. He said, Your only goal when you get to a unit is to leave it better than you found it. That's your only goal. And I feel like I did that at our last unit. And after that, it was like maybe inspire a couple of people, and I feel like I did that. Um, you know, I didn't. You know, with the bridge bars, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make them go command or go law enforcement side or response side, but I feel like I had a little bit of a hand in inspiring them, just a little bit. You know, maybe like a two percent, three percent. But your unit is what you make of it. If you're in a land unit where you don't do shit, like you don't do fucking dick all. Go get your pilot's license or a lot of pilot places for your, your pilot license will give you, you can use your GI bill, um, take an extra qual, get on LDAC, get on, you know, go to VA school, fucking take some college classes while you can, because if you're a non right now, you're 18, 19 years old. You're like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. You know, when you're in your late twenties and your early thirties, you're like, shit, I'm on a ship, but I want to get a degree, get it now while you don't have shit going on. You know, meet a girl, fucking start a family while you can, you know, go to those ships when your kids are young, because I've been in that spot where I've come back and my kids didn't know who I was because they were so young. But 
you know, the lucky thing about them being young is they don't remember. Um, they don't remember that time being away. So like your kids remember you being there. They don't remember like, you know, exactly what you did. They just remember you being there. So take the time when you're at these like easy units that a lot of these guys are out there complaining and make it worth your fucking while. Like instead of sitting around all weekend, go do something. Um, you know, put yourself out there. You know, if you're into art or wine or take up beer making or leather craft or learn to weld or, you know, stop making these these easy units that you're at shitty because you think they're shitty. You have it pretty fucking yeah, great I mean, if you think about it. I mean, we all we all have to take this uniform off one day. And so we might as well set ourselves up while we're still in for success whenever we get out. That's that's another thing why I'm okay with when the position I'm at and not making chief and getting out. My goals were I wanted to be NFAI, I wanted to be an operator, I wanted to, you know, drive a boat a little bit, I wanted to drug bus, I wanted to be a cutterman. You know, I think the only goal there's two goals. One is rate specific that I can't say. The other one is I wanted to cross the equator in the daytime line. That's those are the only goals that I didn't get to where I wanted. You know, I've seen some shit. I've seen the blue. I've seen the green flash. I've been to some crazy fucking places. I got some cool fucking stories with some crazy fucking people. You know, make those fucking easy places fucking worth it. So, like, if you aren't doing Hellman Lookout, you're not on one and three. You're not standing quarter deck. You're not living in barracks. You're not doing that. You're living BH and you stand fucking one duty day a month and you cut grass. Make it fucking worth it to those other guys that are out there doing that shit. Like, yeah, I'm, it's kind of easy and it's boring and I don't really like it, but I got my degree. You know, I I have one guy where I work at now. He's using his GI Bill while he's active. Um, he's going to machining school at night. I was like, what? You want to get out and be a machinist? He goes, no, I don't. I don't want to get out and be a machinist. He goes, I just want to know how to do it. And I don't have kids and it's fun to me. Yeah, I that's want, fucking rad, bro. He's like, I want to take a piece of metal and I want to turn it into something. I was like, dude, that's fucking dope. I got another guy that's getting his pilot's license right now. You know, I got one guy that's doing his EMT cert on his own just because he wants to do that. You know, so it's you, there's there's people it's it's I'm very, very lazy. Obviously, you can attest to that, right? Um, but when it's something depends I, on what it it depends on what it is. If if I want it, I'm doing it, and you're not going to stop me. If it's like, eh, I'm not going to put any. Unless you bring it to me, I'm not doing it. You know, so make it fucking worth it. I, I pissed away two years as a non-rate. Uh, I had other things going on. Um, you know, I had family members that had cancer, and I really wasn't focused on the Coast Guard a whole lot. I wasn't focused on family a whole lot, like my personal family, like starting one. Um, but... um you know, don't waste those easy years. You know, if you want to get like, you can get gunsmith qualified online. You can get, you know, EMT certified at your local community college. I'll, take your CLEP test. The CLEP test are your college level exit program test. I think that's what it stands for. They're free. You can take them as many times as you want. Uh, don't waste your own fucking time. I tell people that at the range. Like, uh, I can I can I shoot while I can I move? While I'm shooting, or can I can I move while I'm trying to change this? Yeah, dude, don't waste your own fucking time. You only get so much. You only get so many heartbeats. Don't waste your own fucking time. You know, so do excellent shit. Be like Jimothy and RC Cola, and fucking do excellent shit. Like RC Cola, you know he's a like a certified ham radio operator. I do. Yeah, I was actually talking yeah. to my brother about that the other night. Yeah. So I was, I'm, 
mild, I'm a mild, crazy person, and I like to prepare for certain things. And I was like, hey, I want to get a radio in case like shit goes sideways. I can hear people. And like he just inundated me with information. Like it was in the middle of the work day, and I know he's busy, <laughs> you know. And he's just like, oh, well, this, this, yeah. this, and this, and this, this. He's like, oh, it's it licensing. And I, I looked at the test to get like radio qualified. It's hard. It's hard test, you know. Yeah. I just wanted a radio to like, hey guys, shit went bad. Here we all are. And like, I was like, I was thinking about reaching out to him about getting like some inside details about getting your license and shit. Cause like the area out here, phone service sucks. Yeah. And if I'm in the woods, like on a hunt and I don't have cell phone reception or like a handheld radio or something to be able to reach somebody, I'm fucked. Yeah. Uh, so just don't, don't waste your own time. Uh, I have given up personally. Like I said, in the last couple episodes, my feet have stopped moving. Um, but that doesn't mean you should. Um, and you can always make the Coast Guard better as a whole. Like, I still like the Coast Guard. I'm just not a fan of it anymore. You know, it still does a lot of good shit. A lot of people are doing a lot of good work. You know, um, Charlie in the last episode is doing a lot of good work. Jimothy's doing a lot of good work. RC Cole is doing a lot of good work. You know, just, you know, do something, you know. But what was that? Didn't we have a bet about getting an elk? What was the bet there? Uh, the first person who kills a bull elk, uh, any any size bull elk can't can't be a cow. Um, has with to get a hunting other... with a hunting implement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be like a a bow or some sort or a gun. Something. Yes. It can't be like you can't hit it with your fucking car. Yes, because uh, I've almost did that multiple times since I've been here. Uh, but the uh, whoever kills one first, a bull elk, no matter the size, as long as it's a bull has to get the other person's mom's name tattooed on their ass. So excited. <laughs> so excited. I'm putting for mine in, dude. I'm putting in for... Yeah, I, I applied for a tag already, so, so <laughs> we'll see. There's actually a new herd that you can hunt in Kentucky now. So really? I'm, I'm close to that. I can put in for the Kentucky elk tag as well as the Pennsylvania elk tag. And the fear keeps telling me I should put in an elk tag for where you're at and come out there. That would be but, funny. Yeah. But anyway. What happens if we do it at the same time? Like, like we, we both get an elk at the Whoever shoots it first. Like, like if, if like, you shoot like yours. You and I are both hunting, like you and I are both hunting. And we're just like, all right, boom. And we both shoot it at the same fucking time. It would be down to the minute. Whoever had a dead elk <laughs> on the ground first wins. That's the deal. That's the deal. Oh, shit. But, well, I think that's enough for me to edit as of now. So let's fucking call it a day. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Later.